welcome to the Wrestling Heroes and Insiders Podcast, aka The Whip Show. Your co-hosts, Deshaun Whip Dog Whipple and Devastating Daryl Pace, each and every week will bring in some of the top pro wrestlers from around the world. I'm talking WWE, WCW, Impact Wrestling, NWA, and more. So sit back, get your favorite drink, and listen to some great stories told by those amazing and sometimes crazy pro wrestling superstars. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Wrestling Heroes and Insiders podcast, a.k.a. The Whip Show. We are back. Season three is keeps on rolling. We've had amazing guests already. But before you, we tell you who we got tonight, Daryl, welcome back, sir. I, I'm, I'm glad to be back. You know, Mother Nature put the ankle lock on, on my wife, who's our producer. You know, but Mother Nature didn't finish the job. And so Brika, producer Brika will be back. Okay. You heard that. Be back. You heard that, guys. But Rika will be back. The best producer in the world. See, I thought you were in the bubble. That's why you couldn't be with the show with us, man. But we do know somebody that currently is in the bubble. This man, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be a lot of pressure on this guy today. Because we've had wrestling heroes and insiders from all over the world of professional wrestling from every organization possible past and present but this guy is the first person that's going to represent ring of honor today on the whip show so it's going to be a lot of pressure on him to keep them three letters as honorable as possible can we give it up for one of the greatest referees in professional wrestling today mr joseph mandak the third how are you doing today sir I'm doing well, and uh, I'm sweating bullets now that you put the pressure on me. And uh, not only uh, uh, not only uh, being the first person for ROH to uh, to be on the show, but uh, when you said that I'm one of the best in the world, I would uh, uh, like to respectfully um, uh, humble myself and say that uh, if I would be in the top 100, I, I would be con- I would be honored, but uh, I-, I will just try to see what I can do to try not to uh, uh, try not to let you down. Sounds good, man. And Daryl, did you catch how he threw in the honored reference? See, they always do that, man. They make sure that Brandon is always there, man. Hey, always man. Brandon, always working. Well, first things first, how are you feeling today, man? How's everything going? I know we're we're trying to move towards a post-pandemic world, but how are you living right now? Doing really well. Um, and, and speaking of the pandemic, that's one thing that uh, ROH has done phenomenal with, not just with myself, but with the talent production team, everything. Uh, they're taking care of everybody. Everyone gets tested before they're even allowed to enter the bubble. Uh, once they're in the bubble, there's two more testings. Uh, they do the you know the physicals and everything, make sure everyone's in top shape uh, before they even go ahead and, and start with production. So they, they definitely have been taking care of uh, everybody, everyone from the announcers to the production team, to the camera, to the talent. Um, so so we're, we're making it do. It's, it's definitely difficult. We miss the fans. I, I'm pretty sure we're not the only promotion that misses the fans. Um, but we're, we're making do with uh, with what we got right now. That's good to hear. And I want to make a quick brief note. Daryl, I don't know if you peeped this. Uh, we talked to him about his bandwidth acting up before the show started. Magically, it just cleared up. You look amazing, bro. You look amazing now. No more, no more 8-bit, right? Exactly, man. But that's awesome. good to hear. That's good to hear that they're doing their job and taking care of everybody, making sure everybody's safe. Um, now you already talked about the bubble, so let's talk about that a little bit. Um, obviously, we're familiar with the NBA playoffs last year in the finals, and they had a bubble. Uh, is it similar to that? Um, yeah, I, I'm not too familiar with with what they have going. I think they might be able to. Um, go from room to room. But I mean, when we entered the bubble starting on a Saturday before taping, uh, we're self-isolating. I have my own room. Uh, everybody has their own room. Even when uh, couples and everyone drive in together, they have their own room uh, so they can self-quarantine. Um, self-quarantined all day today. 
Um, and then also uh, got our first uh, rapid test for, for the COVID as well today. And we'll do that again tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow we'll do uh, another round of testing just to make sure we're in good shape. Um, but yeah, there's no, um, uh, even after we get the test, the, the only little bit of time that we have outside the room is if we want to go to the gym and we have to have certain hours blocked out where you get about 45 minutes in the gym so that they can clean it uh, before and after you get there. So uh, again, very, very strict. Um, the Maryland Athletic Commission uh, is just making sure that, that they're doing their job and making sure that everyone stays safe. So um, some people might say, oh, you're going you know, a little over and above, but we, we'd rather be safe than sorry. Uh, definitely don't want anyone to be negatively affected with, uh, with COVID. That's a good thing to hear, man. I'm glad, like I said, I'm glad they're doing their precautions to make sure everything's working out. Now, with that being said, referee Joseph Mandic, first of all, how old are you, young man? And what drew you to the world of professional wrestling? Let's start there. And then let's kind of go down your history. Sure. Sure, absolutely. So uh, I'm, I'm 30 years old. I've uh, been uh, refereeing now since, oh, geez, uh, 2013. But um, much like everyone else, I was just a fan growing up in the mid-90s. Uh, I always uh, stake out the match that kind of really hooked me on wrestling, and that was Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. It was a ladder match for the Intercontinental title. I don't believe it was on any kind of special pay-per-view. Uh, it was, I think they were in Augusta, Maine or something like that. And um, so they had a, a, a ladder match, uh, Brett and Michael for the Intercontinental title. Uh, Sensational Sherry was the manager of Shawn Michaels at the time. And just watching how Shawn Michaels and Brett sold throughout that match, it made me laugh. It made me upset. Every kind of emotion that you can think of, uh, just kind of ran through me even as a young kid. And, and so I was like, you know what? I want to sell like Shawn Michaels. I want to be a professional wrestler. So uh, my brother and I, anytime we had a ch uh, chance to go over a friend's house with a trampoline, anytime uh, we could find uh, mattresses, we'd put them together in our attic and try to put together little shows. Uh, we'd watch Tough Enough. So we'd kind of train alongside so that we'd learn how to lock up and, and chain wrestle and everything. I mean, we're talking... I was 10, my brother was eight. And we were, we were really trying to, uh, uh, really trying to do something with this. And when I got old enough, I went to school to train, uh, which if anybody's watching, if you're a referee, professional wrestler, whatever the case is, uh, go to a reputable school, uh, learn uh, the, the, the proper way, get properly trained, invest in yourself, because if you're not willing to invest in yourself, then why would a promoter or a company uh, invest in you? Uh, it's been some of the best advice I've been given. So I uh, went to school and trained under a gentleman named Shirley Doe uh, out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And uh, some notables that he's trained, uh, he trained uh, Joaquin Wilde, who's currently on, uh, I believe, in NXT. Uh, more notably, uh, Elias. Uh, I believe he's on uh, SmackDown, possibly Raw right now. But um, yeah, so he, he's trained a couple of guys who have now made it and are, are obviously doing professional wrestling for a, uh, for a living. Um, fast forward a little bit. Um, I was uh, going to college and training to be a professional wrestler. I was playing college basketball for a little bit. And so I had to kind of make up my mind. I decided to go towards, uh, you know, making sure I got my, my academics in line, uh, played a little college ball and actually had a couple of uh, head injuries playing college basketball. I wasn't the fastest, wasn't the, uh, the tallest. I uh, didn't have the best shot, but I was a gritty player. I, I would get the loose balls. I would take the charges. I would dive into the bleachers if need be and um, definitely paid the price. That's for sure. Um, fast forward a couple, a uh, couple years later, I went back to finish my training as a wrestler and realized I don't have the body shape, body size in order to do this. Um, but I still like to be involved in the business. So I, I went to a couple shows and said, you know, could you use a referee? Uh, I've been trained. So I know the, the basic, uh, psychology, basic concept of a match, but would love to learn more about, you know, being a referee. And so, um, Got my first uh, couple matches, a uh, couple months under my belt and uh, heard the infamous words that a lot of uh, independent wrestlers or excuse me, independent uh, referees like to hear. And that's, uh, you know what? You don't, um, you don't suck. So would you like to come back? Would you like to hop into a car? And um, starting out, I mean, from what I heard, if, if you're not getting yelled at by the wrestlers, you're staying out of the way and you hear those words, you know, you don't suck, then, you know, you're doing something right. And then that's when I, 
really stopped treating it as a hobby and started treating it like a job. And if you want it to be a job, um, you have to treat it like a, um, uh, like one, you can't just do it here and there and everything. So from Ohio to West Virginia, New York, uh, all around the Pittsburgh area, I tried to get book hopping cars as much as I could and networked. Uh, and so, um, fast forward to, to 2015, I, I, went on the website for Ring of Honor. Don't really know why. Uh, I think I was just checking it out. I had gone to a house show for them and they were having a, um, a camp uh, during April, I believe of 2015 or 2016. So I applied, um, got the, uh, the invite to go there and I got to learn from some of the best minds in the business. Kevin Kelly was there, Steve Carino, Jay Lethal, the Briscoes, I believe Christopher Daniel, Frankie Kazarian, uh, Nigel McGinnis, they were all there. Um, Todd Sinclair. And so uh, just went through the entire uh, entire camp. And at the last day, they basically would tell the wrestlers and the referees, um, they'd give you a thumbs up or kind of a thumbs down as to, hey, if we had to put you on TV tomorrow, could we do that? And a lot of the wrestlers got yes. Some of them got no, not right now, kind of go back and get polished. And uh, out of the, I think there were three or four referees there out of the uh, three or four, um, I got the, uh, got the nod and they said, Hey, if we had to use you on TV tomorrow, we'd go ahead and do that. So I was able to get booked on a loop in Pittsburgh and Lockport, uh, New York, just outside of Buffalo. And uh, the rest is kind of history just continued to show up anytime they were within a driving range. I would make the drive just to help set up, uh, keep my face in, uh, in their memory. And, uh, one thing led to another. Um, one of the referees, Paul Turner, is now with AEW. So uh, very happy for Paul. He definitely, definitely deserved um, getting that bump up. So uh, kind of just opened a position. And, and for a while there, you know, we were doing a three, uh, three ref rotation with, uh, with referees. And then as of uh, more recent, they've just kind of gone with uh, Todd Sinclair and myself. And so I've extremely humbled and extremely grateful for these opportunities. And uh, so definitely a long road to get there, but um, extremely happy. And I, I wouldn't have changed it for anything. That's for sure. Yeah, now you mentioned when you were telling your story, you know, one of the first matches that really got you and there's that ladder match, you know, yeah. I remember that it's kind of like a super tape match. And if you think about that ladder match or most ladder matches, there's no rep, right? So the first match that you see that you care about has no rep. So. That's, wow. I didn't even think about that. Good catch on that. Very good. I didn't even no ref, no ref, right? So now you're a ref. But like, tell us what's what's the importance of a ref? Do we need a ref? Like, why does a ref matter in a standard match? Like, what does the ref bring to the table um, um, in a standard type matchup? So, so what I said when uh, a lot of people would come to me after a match and be like, "Hey, you know, you don't suck." And I, the, the reason they say that is because. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of refs do on the independents. Uh, everyone thinks that the ref just, hey, throw on the shirt, count to three. Um, the ref is the enforcer. The ref is a producer. The ref is the security. The ref, yes, is, is you know, counting the threes, you know, the fives, the tens, what, you know, what have you. But it, there's so much more that a referee does. For instance, I, I said they're the enforcer. Um, yes, we understand that wrestling's a show. But in order for the show to work, um, there are rules. And a lot of the wrestlers, unfortunately, don't like to follow those rules. So it's the referee's job to enforce those. Otherwise, like you said, why is he in there? Uh, much like any other sport, uh, basketball, UFC, hockey, you know, baseball, there's referees there to enforce the rules. Um, there's security. Uh, fans like to get uh, very passionate about it. So you know, knock on wood, I've never had anybody hop a barricade and, and uh, attempt to test my strength or the other strength, wrestler's strength while I was in there. But if that's the case, uh, it's the referee's job to protect the talent, uh, wrap them up until security can get there, and then you know make sure everybody is uh, make sure everybody's safe. The ref's the producer. We have the front row seat uh, essentially to what's going on, so we can see you know okay what cameras should they work you know if they're in a submission hold hey you need to turn so that you can face a certain camera so that the, the people at home can see your face they can see the struggle the story that you're trying to tell so if anybody thinks that it's just counting and staying out of the way um i will respectfully uh tell them that you are wrong 
And um, that uh, if you watch any of the best referees, I mean, that, that have come through, your, your Charles Robinsons, your Mike Kyotas, your Nick Patricks, uh, they do a lot more. And good refs can enhance uh, a story and bad refs can take away from, from what the wrestlers are trying to do. So um, it's also, you want to be seen when you're supposed to be seen, when it comes time to enforcing the rules, when it comes time to admonishing wrestlers for what they can and cannot do. But other than that, it's it's the wrestler show. So you're the supporting character that's still not trying to be seen as as much as they let on. And I'm glad you talked about that because that's one thing I think Daryl, you can attest to this, especially in the last five years of professional wrestling, they really try to legitimize referees in matches across the board. I mean, because as you know, we love the rest, but back in the day, we saw so much. Uh, goofy stuff and it's like ref come on you you hear the noise behind you turn around but i'm glad they're making it because now when the heels do what heels do it's more important it's it, it stands out more and the fans really react to it so i'm glad they done that um but you named some great referees already so who do you study as a referee i know you gotta had a couple that were big influences to you Sure, sure. Uh, the, the main two I always, always mention are uh, Jimmy Corderas and Tim White. Reason being is they're, they're two very different styles. Uh, Jim Corderas uh, didn't really yell in the ring. He was more uh, facial and, and just, I mean, no, nobody said it has anything bad to say about him, which I mean is, is great in and of itself. Um, and, and Tim White, uh, kind of to the other degree, again, nobody really has anything bad to say about him. And he was more vocal. So I try to copy and paste a little bit of both of those. I try not to be as vocal as, um, as maybe Tim White was, especially when a wrestler is, is kind of engaging with me. But um, to the same degree, I mean, when it comes time, you know, to put your foot down, if a wrestler is really pushing, uh, pushing their luck with you, uh, yes, it, it is time to, to, to kind of put that over and let them know that, hey, you're not getting one over on me. Um, so those are those are the two reps that I personally have. Uh, uh, I like to study and everything. But I mean, I mean, the list goes on every seminar, every trial, anything that I've ever done. Nick Patrick is always the first one. When I think of Nick Patrick, I think of the WCW, WWE invasion, heel referee kind of thing. Um, so to me, he's always just a bad, bad guy, bad referee, but no, again, nobody has anything negative to say about him. They say he's one of the top refs and that's because he, you know, he, he knew how to work properly. So, um, those three for sure. And then, um, you know, cur current day, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll pay attention to, you know, obviously Todd Sinclair, senior official for ring of honor. Um, a lot of people will be like, oh, he, he doesn't do much. And that's exactly right. He in the ring, he does what he needs to do at the right time. Other than that, I mean, I sometimes I feel like I move way too much in the ring and he just kind of glides along until he needs to get down for a count until he needs to uh, uh, admonish somebody. So it's it, he's a lot of fun to watch. Um, and, and I've learned tremendous things from him uh, over the past couple of years. You know, I have a question. Like back when I was a kid growing up, Gorilla Monsoon would always put a spotlight on the ref. So obviously, Joy Morello was his son, but you know, he put a spotlight on the ref. And if the ref was doing something like you know out of order, you know, his mindset was always the ref shouldn't touch the talent. Right? They can count. They can do whatever. Don't touch. And then sometimes in wrestling, we've seen these aggressive refs where they get pushed. They get pushed back. What's your style? I know you talked a little bit about it, but are you an aggressive ref? Are you kind of like, hey, you know, I'm just here to make the counts. I'm not here to touch these guys. What, what, what's your approach to the match? That's a, that's a really good question. And I kind of uh, I'm going to copy and paste an answer from uh, from Jim Corderas. I, I try to use the parenting method. I mean, uh, do, do either one of you gentlemen have kids, grandkids, anything like that? I, I, I certainly do. I have I have two. Okay, so so if you see, uh, you know, your, your your child jumping on the bed, you don't want them to. I'm sure your initial reaction is, "Hey, come on, get down from the bed." If they do it, great, no harm, no foul. If they continue doing it, it's like, "Hey, what did I just tell you? Get down off the bed." If they continue to do that the third, fourth, fifth time, it's like at this point, it's like, "Look, listen to me. I'm not going to tell you again." Off. So, as the match goes on, as long as the wrestlers are 
adhering to my warnings, adhering to what I'm saying, I try to use that as best as possible. So if a guy, you'll see sometimes wrestlers will lock up and it's real physical at the beginning and then they'll kind of back into a corner. Some refs will go right to their, their five count. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but if you do that, that immediate, that early on in the match, you have to keep the same cadence and consistency throughout the match. So if I see something like that, I will always ask, give me a clean break, gentlemen. You know, clean break, clean break. If there's a clean break, fantastic. If another guy takes a cheap shot or something like that, then at that point, you know, I will then escalate um, my reprimand to, to whomever, you know, may have done the, uh, the, the foul play there. So, yeah, I try to stay uh, at the beginning of the match level playing field, 50-50. But obviously, as, as history has shown in, in matches, Somebody likes to bend that. They're going to bend the rules as much as possible. So, you know, you bend it once. Okay. Twice. If I told you not to come on. And by the third time to me, you're just uh, not taking me serious. And so if I have to get more vocal uh, as the match uh, proceeds, uh, I definitely will. That's a really good question. I actually don't think I've ever been asked that. Um, on, on a podcast. So I appreciate you asking that. That's a really, really good question. Well, that's why this makes us the pros here. Uh, exactly. <laughs> We're going to have to put exclusive underneath that. <laughs> I'll put exclusive on that one. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> so so uh, in terms of um, uh, Ring of Honor, compared to other organizations, like ECW obviously had refs, but the refs, you know, anything goes, right? So sure. what, what is the style for Ring of Honor? Meaning do you have leeway? Like if my shoulders are down, do you kind of have to hesitate or can you call the three? Like how much uh, compared to other organizations, how much control do you have or authority do you have, or, uh, you know, in the, in the matches, if the, if the talent isn't doing, you know, I'm not stopping my interference, you know, how much control do you have? Yeah. Uh, I, I have to call it the way, the way I see it. And that's one thing I love about ring of honor. And uh, more recently when they've implemented the pure rules, with the three rope breaks uh, that a wrestler gets, uh, you're only allowed one close fist to the face. Um, after that, it becomes uh, an automatic disqualification. Uh, uh, body shots, you know, are, are absolutely fine. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think people think of wrestling and refereeing that everything's got to be perfect. But I mean, how, how many times have you watched an NFL game where the refs miss a call? I mean, I, I think it happened a couple of years ago down in. Uh, New Orleans with the pass interference in the playoffs and it ended up costing them the game. I mean, so it's, it, it, there's human error. Uh, referees are, are human. So we're going to make mistakes. If we see something um, we're, we're going to call it. If we don't see something or if there's some sort of interference because, you know, we're, we're focused on a manager who shouldn't be up on the apron, stuff like that happens all the time. So um yeah, as far as as far as what kind of leeway or authority we have, I mean, what if I see a closed fist or, or something that resembles a closed fist in a pure match, I'm going to give you a warning if it's the right call or not. And uh, our commentary team is there to to put over the fact that hey, if they're going to trust you know Ref Joe Mandak or Ref Todd Sinclair uh, with the call, then you know we're just going to have to we're just going to have to go with it. And yes, I've watched stuff back and I've maybe been like maybe that wasn't a closed fist, but you know what? I'm going to stand by uh, what my call is. And again, uh, I think people think that this, you know, has to be, you know, absolutely perfect or everything. There's going to be human error in in any kind of sport, any kind of referee. Um, so, you know, you just got to kind of uh, stand by your decision, have that firm belief that the call you made was right and just learn from it to, to go on to the next match, to the next show. I really respect that, man, especially I'm glad they did do the they're doing the pure rules because it kind of goes back to the old NWA, not over the if they get thrown over the top rope, uh, hold the tag rope. Again, yes. it just makes the visual seem real and legit. Yep. And I, you know, and I mean, over the years, uh, that's one thing that wrestling has been doing again. And I like to see that, man. Now, right behind me, I have the video on YouTube for the 19th anniversary of Ring of Honor. Like, the people that work at Ring of Honor right now, did they ever expect that they would be going on 19 years and that some of the greatest professional wrestlers have went through there, came back there? I mean, it has been a hotbed for wrestling for years. That's my video. Yeah. Or something. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, and, and, and I'll, I'll be straight up. I was never like, oh, from day one, I was, you know, big on Ring of Honor because it started, what, 2000, it would have been 2002. Uh, I would have, I actually was just getting introduced to like the independent scene uh, just a couple of years earlier. So I didn't really know anything outside of WCW and WWE. I didn't know that the independents start, but uh, for any company to be around that long, um, is a great feat. Uh, I actually work for a home promotion in Pittsburgh, uh, IWC, the International Wrestling Cartel. Um, a lot of uh, wrestlers have come through there who now have refed it or uh, wrestled in WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor. So, I mean, they, they have a, a great following and a great showing in and of themselves. Um, later this month, they will be celebrating 20 years. So it, it's, it's pretty cool that I'm able to be a part of a 19 year and then a 20 year um, when, when, when they were just starting out, when, when I was barely a teenager. So it's, it, it's pretty cool. But like you said, the, the thing that's humbling for me is knowing who's come through the company and also have come back because of the roots and everything. I think of somebody like Mike Bennett, uh, the last time he was here prior to him going to WWE, uh, I was a fan on the other side of the barricade at a show. He went, had his run, little run in WWE, and now he's back uh, forming the, the the OGK, the original Gangster Kingdom, which is which is pretty cool. So, um, yeah, it's just pretty remarkable. And again, you know, you can go on and name the CM Punks, the Samoa Joes, uh, the Jay Lethals, um, you know, the Daniel Bryan, everybody, you know, who's kind of gone through that. But it, it's just uh, it, it's humbling. I'll, I'll you'll hear me say that time and time again. It's absolutely humbling to be a part of um, the the lineage, the history. And uh, when you hold up those belts and, and kind of remember like, oh man, you know, the, the Briscoes, you know, or, or, or um, uh, Red Dragon, you know, the, the Young Bucks, who, whomever it was that, that held those titles, just um, it, it's extremely humbling and uh, very, very thankful that I get to be a part of it. That's for sure. Especially this time last year, when everything shut down, I was getting ready to be flown out to Las Vegas for the uh, 18th anniversary show. And unfortunately I didn't, Get a chance to go out there because they had uh, had shut production and everything down so it's amazing one year later here we are so i feel like they're they're going to try to make up uh for the 18th you know not being there with 19th it's just i'm really looking forward especially the announce the the matches that they, they've announced so far it's just been uh it's going to be a great show that's for sure now another question i want to ask um Jericho once said, this is not a knock against the company, the company I'm about to say, but Jericho once said he would watch Impact Wrestling sometimes, and he didn't feel like the guys felt it was a big-time promotion when he watched it. When I watch Ring of Honor, you guys go hard. You work, you wrestle, you show a great present presentation. But in the locker room, do these guys look at it as we are here, we are ROH, we're going to do what we do, or do they look at it as a stepping stone to different uh, spots in professional wrestling? As far as I know, I've never heard anybody say or use the, the oh, this is a stepping stone to get somewhere else. The, the Ring of Honor's mentality um, is, look, if we push each other, there, there's no, and, and again, there's no, politicking here and there i gotta get up i gotta get down i gotta you know, this guy can't it, it, there's been none of that and 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 that's one of one of the absolute things that i love about it is that uh they they understand that if 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 jay leesful pushes uh the briscoes to be better and the briscoes push uh the kingdom to be better then the product itself is going to be better uh the the you know there's nothing there they're trying to get ahead they're trying to uh, None of that. Absolutely none of that. And I've never caught any kind of wind or anything like that. And I'm sure there's people out there, oh, you're a young kid, you don't know. And you know what? That's fine. If I have to live naive and, and just see what I see, I'm 100% okay with that because uh, life's way too short to get, you know, drawn up in there. But no, this is, this is an elite product with some of the best athletes in the world uh, going out there, doing what they can with or without fans, trying to put on the absolute best production that they absolutely can. And, and I, I've loved with the, the, the whole set that they have with uh, 
um, with no fans and everything. I, I really like the the authenticity of it. You hear the wrestlers breathing when they're working. You hear if there's a tag match, you hear the others encouraging each other on the managers. It's just um, it's definitely a different feel than what's than, than maybe what's on uh, TV on a different show. But um, yeah, the mentality is is just push each other to do your absolute best. And if this person makes this person better, it's going to make the product better. And and I think that's a fantastic and a uh, very provable way to, to, to run a company that um, has proven, you know, obviously going on 19 years now. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. Two things I want to say behind that, and I'm, that was a great answer. One, I'm glad you keep bringing up the Briscoes because I love them to death, man. They're my guys, man, I swear. Number two, we're out of the Michigan area, Detroit area, whatnot. So I've been able to see Ring of Honor live multiple times right down the street from me in Dearborn, Michigan. It's like literally five minutes. And I'm going to tell you, some great houses. So if you guys have never seen Ring of Honor Live, when it comes back post-pandemic, make sure you go. This is Whip telling you. Make sure you go check it out, man, for real. (laughs) Now, with that being said, we talked about some of... uh, uh, I want to know, what was your favorite match that you refed? And number two, have you ever been in a match... And you're supposed to be reffing doing your job, but you're just sitting there like, oh my God, this guy's amazing, dog. And you almost lose the referee spot and, you're, and you almost start watching as a fan. I know it's been one of – answer them two questions for me, man. You got it. Um, so my favorite match was probably – oh, man. There, there's a couple of them, but I, I would say Jonathan Gresham versus Josh Woods. It was in Atlanta, and it was actually 2020 prior to COVID and everything happening. And the reason being is – the match started out, they were chain wrestling four or five minutes, and you could tell that the crowd was kind of like, all right, well, let's get to the good stuff. And, and I mean, first of all, the chain stuff was incredible. I mean, the amateur background of Josh Woods and uh, just Jonathan Gresham, in, in my opinion, is the top technical wrestler in, in the world. I'll, I'll put that up against anybody right now. Um, so it's just just incredible watching them go. And you could tell that the crowd at one point was like, oh, pick it up. But Gresham being the professional and, and Josh, you know, just kind of following along, they didn't let the crowd dictate the pace. They dictated the pace. And by the end of that match, people were chanting, you know, holy, holy, and, and just this is awesome and wrestle forever. So the ability to take it, to tell the story at the beginning and then to pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. It, it was just like the most intense, incredible roller coaster ride uh, of emotion. It, it was very very well done if you get a chance uh, if you have the network uh, i think it was like january 12th of 2020 with josh woods versus jonathan gresham uh absolutely love that match and one of the my favorites to be a part of you said you said uh have i ever i, I unfortunately yeah you're in a match reffing but you almost forget you're a ref you're end up watching as a fan you have to tell yourself wait a minute i'm the authority more 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 than i'd like to uh admit both uh, just independent and uh, and Ring of Honor. Uh, there was, um, I mean, just the, the the first ever Pure Rules tag match with uh, Rhett Titus and, and I believe it was Fred Yehi and Wheeler Yuta and then uh, Tracy Williams and uh, Rhett Titus. And again, technically sound, just I'm sitting there watching, oh, oh his shoulders are down. I got, I got to go ahead and count that pin or I, I got to ask him if, if he wants to submit just, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's tough because when you get in the zone, you know, and, and there's no fan, so I feel like, oh, I, I got to be the fan in this match. Like, nah, yeah, I definitely get um, – definitely have gotten sidetracked. Um, and, I, and hopefully it doesn't show or translate on on camera. But, yeah, it, it's – I'd say there, there's maybe 10 to 15 seconds maybe each match where I find myself like, oh man, no, 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 this is, I'm here to enforce everything and and not be a fan, not watch. But um, yeah, that's, that's a good question. Cause like I said, it happens to me more often than I'd like to admit. Daryl, do you mind if I be a mark for myself right quick? Sure, go for it. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, and fans, I never told this story before, well I have, but 
I'm actually part of the Ring of Honor history because one time there in Detroit, like 12 years ago, for, at a show at the State Fairgrounds, it was back in the Jimmy Jacobs days when he was doing the Age of the Fall, and he needed like 50 hooded guys. And I got to be an extra and got to be a hooded guy one time. I know I'm not supposed to say I was an extra because I had a hood on, but I was there and we got to jump in the cage. So one time I'm part of the history of Ring of Honor. Ha! Hey, I just had to say that. Okay, go ahead. Ask your question, Daryl. Go. Yeah, no, no, I, like I said, you know, when I, when I started watching, I was getting into the Briscoes, man. And I heard, I'd hear about these guys on the internet. It's like, what's this Briscoe? And I saw them in, in the interviews, my gosh. I mean, the, the guys are, are just classic, amazing stuff. Like, whoever they work with, it's just, like, it just, I mean, what they can do in the ring and what they can do in the mic is fantastic. Uh, but my question is so, you know, there's, when, when WCW fail, right? ECW fail. There's a, a style of wrestling that kind of disappeared, right? So TNA, at the time it, it came to be, it, it took over the, it was almost like a, a successor to WCW, which it wasn't pure WCW. WCW at the time was WWF, WCW, if you think about it, because they were trying to do a lot of things to emulate WWF. Mm-hmm. So that's what was happening with TNA. And, and again, it kind of changed and evolved over time where you get, the, the style got better and it kind of went back and forth. Uh, and again, we lost ECW. So when Ring of Honor started, it was kind of like the successor to what that true mid 90s, that Rick Rude WCW area that I liked, which was so tight and in the Japan style and that ECW style, which, you know, the Rob and then tight style, it kind of brought all that together in kind of a cohesive package, which was missing, you know, from 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 the other organizations that were there at the time because it's so tight and because of the way the guys work. Have you experienced, you know, the bad side of wrestling where, again, no, no fans coming in, but people, you know, doing some maneuvers that could get seriously hurt, something's going, gone bad, any experiences like that because of the style that, that they have in the ring? So I'm actually glad you mentioned that. And that was one thing that was actually brought up to one of the first uh, seminars I ever attended. They're like, yeah, this, this idea of sh- strong style uh, almost. Uh, with, uh, with oh they're they're too stiff they work you know uh, ring of honor guys don't get hurt and I don't mean that in the sense that you know I, I understand they you know compared to other companies that don't maybe don't have the travel schedule or, or you know they're not working three four days a week but um, you know when 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 you're filming you know eight weeks of TV you know throughout the course of a couple of days I mean some guys are wrestling maybe four or five times and they go out there and give it their all. And there's very minimal injury. You might see some scarring, bruising from chops or whatever, but as far as uh, head injuries or knees tweaking or anything like that, you just don't see it. And, and it's a testament to you can be snug um, without being stiff. Uh, you can be snug uh, without hurting anybody. When you hit somebody uh, you can make it look, uh, as real as possible, again, without uh, doing any permanent damage or anything like that. Um, and so that, that's another thing that just, they, they work smart. And, and yeah, there's going to be your high risks uh, moves. You know, there's going to be the table spot where somebody, uh, especially as uh, Rouge as our champion, he's very unpredictable and likes to pull out stuff from underneath the ring. So he's going to whip guys with cables and stuff. So there's always the, the potential um, but at the end of the day, they understand that um, you know, we need to protect each other. Um, we need to make sure that we're doing this so that the, the next episode and so on and so forth uh, can remain um, intact without any kind of gaps or storylines because so-and-so had to miss or anything like that. Um, so yeah, there's, it's, it's not, I've never really seen any, any kind of injury. Like I said, I've seen guys chest welted afterwards, but they're all in safe places, all in places that have a lot of uh, meat on the bones, so to say, uh, on the, uh, uh, on the body. So yeah, it's, it, it's working extremely, extremely snug, but in a, in the safest way possible. So knock on wood, uh, cause I, I definitely don't want to jinx anybody. Uh, especially with some some tapings coming up, but uh, yeah, everyone everyone there works works safe and works smart, and yeah, it's it's but yeah, you, you kind of see that translate. I mean, just 
and any other promotion that, that, that you see now, whether it's NXT, AEW, that kind of similar style of the um, hard-hitting 20-minute match, both men, both women covered in sweat, giving it their all at the end. Um, you know, it's kind of transferred, you know, from, from one promotion to another, um, as does, you know, sometimes this, this personnel, they bring that same style with them. So, um, yeah, as long as you are doing it in a uh, safe way possible, and that's why I always recommend um, anybody wanting to get involved, uh, go to a reputable school where they will teach you the safe way. Um, don't go to just, you know, Jim Bob, you know, down in whatever, because he's willing to, you know, train you for a hundred bucks a month for a couple of months, you know, don't do, do your research. There's a lot of great schools out there. So it, it's better to do your research so that you understand how and why you're able to work um, at a high rate like that without, uh, without injury to yourself or to your opponent. And I, and I got a follow up because I mentioned a lot of promotions, right? And then right now, we're talking about a lot of promotions, right? We got Impact, we got Ring of Honor, and there's a lot of cohesion between some promotions. We're seeing promotions getting gobbled up by WWE. We're seeing Impact and New Japan and, and AEW, and Ring of Honor just kind of sitting here in this world of all this gobbling up interaction. What's going minute. on with Ring of Honor right now? Wait a minute, Daryl. Now they did they did work with NWA last year, yeah. uh, you know. So that but that's a good question. I was actually gonna be my next question too. So I want to hear this also. Yeah. Um, it, so as far as I know, it's um, we're kind of in our own boat, rowing at our own pace, uh, and and I think that's kind of what's separating Ring of Honor from the other uh, from the other companies. Um, uh, would it be cool to, you know, have some sort of invasion or collab? Sure. Every, everyone likes a good invasion collab. And I mean, in, in my mind, just the dream matches that you can have, you know, whether it's, you know, Nick Aldis versus Jay Lethal, you know, or something like that. Yeah, that, that's cool. That's absolutely cool to think about. Um, but uh, a lot of people online like, oh, they need to sign this person. They need to do this. They should collab with this. And it's like, Ring of Honor has always been, if you think about like their roster, it's never been more than like 30, 40 people, maybe at most. It's an elite. So, so that's why, again, when I say I'm humbled to be a part of this, you, I mean, you go to their website, like I said, you might find 30 or 40 wrestlers, uh, competitors on there. It, it's, it's a very elite class. So there, there's a reason, again, that it's worked for this long where they just don't go out and sign up everybody that, um, that, that's hot on the independent circuit. And, and trust me, I got a lot of friends who are working their way up. Well, I'm like, this dude needs to be signed. She needs to be signed. Why isn't she on TV? Why aren't this tag team on TV? But at the same time, uh, it, it's just a formula that Ring of Honor has gone with where it's an elite group of, of athletes and we're going to continue with these elite group of athletes at this time. And, you know, if the time right and it makes sense, I have no doubt that, you know, if a collab is, is going on, that, that it'll be made. Again, um, part of that is me coming in fa fairly new and, and not, maybe not really understanding all the X's and O's uh, when it comes to that. But, but I kind of like that. Uh, unfortunately, with the, the era of um, spoilers and tweets, and all, there, there's a lot of um, uh, spoilers, a lot of rumors that go out there. And I think that fans sometimes get swept up in that as opposed to just being a fan. So, uh, you know, if, if there is some sort of collab going on and there's rumors going on, it makes it that less special. I mean, the, the same people who complain or, or find out about spoilers and stuff online are the same people who don't want spoilers for the newest star wars movie or the newest avenger movie and they complain when they see that and it's like come on now like that movie's an hour and a half to two hours long and you're going to spoil an entire summer worth of news because you read that so-and-so's has been seen backstage at this like just just be a fan I mean, I think that's what wrestling needs now. I kind of went, I kind of went off maybe on a little, little tangent there. Um, but, but yeah, just, just, just be a fan. That, that, that's what I think wrestling truly needs is um, for for you to be a fan, and it's the wrestler's job to emotionally invest and, and and do their part to make sure that the fans are emotionally invested, as opposed to just you know, watching certain um, companies collab or certain you know these certain matches getting kind of getting thrown together with people from different promotions. So. Um, as of right now, Ring of Honor, like I said, rowing their own boat, and um, I don't think they'd have it any other way, at least right now at, at this time. Okay. Now, I'm glad you 
talked about the fans because that's going to lead to my next question. Um, you spoke on looking at what the fans talk about on the internet, but one thing we've been blessed to have now is so much professional wrestling on the television. Yeah. However, for some reason, there are fans that instead of enjoying all of it, they want to just watch ROH. They want to just watch AEW and bash other things. They want to just watch. Why do you think the fans feel like they, now I can imagine it's good to have an allegiance, but why do you feel like they have to watch one and destroy the other when we can grow a larger wrestling community? That's the million dollar million dollar question right there. Um, I 100% agree, and I've tweeted several times just reading so many things. Um, my mentality is uh, support what you love, don't bash what you hate. And if, if you love NXT, bleed the, the black and gold, support it. Absolutely, go out and support it. If you're uh, Team AEW, just start, you know, maybe you're a new fan and that's, that's what you're watching, watch it. Um, but to just go and, and complain about one company or this company, the reason they're not doing as good as this company, you don't know this, the, the situation. You don't under, know the circumstances uh, behind what's going on when, when, when it comes to that certain thing. And what I think is, is quite humorous is when somebody will be like, oh, I love NXT, but ah, ROH, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, couple of months ago if you remember who was kind of running nxt it was guys like adam cole bobby fish kyle o'reilly roderick strong i mean the, the one guy roderick i mean he was mr roh so like mm, you know and, and and i get it you know they're like oh well that's why they left and that's why they went there. no it's 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 all about opportunity it's all about situational everyone's situation's different why somebody left why somebody you know went and, and you hear it so much that like, oh, well, this company didn't treat this, these people right, so that's why I don't support them. You're, you're going to have that everywhere you go. That's not just wrestling. That's everywhere. Every job that anybody's ever had, you know, you have loyalty to, you know, Enterprise Rent-A-Car as opposed to Avis or, or Budget Rental. It doesn't mean that Avis and Budget, you know, don't have cars and they're not good cars to rent. It's just what you've grown up or what you've become uh, accustomed to. So yeah, it's like I said, please just support what you love. Um, don't, don't bash what you hate because the, especially if you're in the business and, and I'll put a, an asterisk next to this, um, you never know who's going to be your boss. Uh, so you could be this Joe Schmo promoter and maybe get a call up uh, to do creative for, for say WWE. But um you're you're writing now for a superstar that you weren't necessarily nice to or didn't promote very well at your promotion and now you have to collab with this you know talent or, or with this manager that you didn't get along with and so you never know you know who's going to end up being your boss who's going to end up being your co-worker when it comes to wrestling because there are a lot of pawns that a lot of fish like to go to so um yeah, it's it's just just be good to each other. The world sucks, and that's what wrestling's supposed to be. You escape from the real world and everything. So let the real world suck. Don't bring that in here, and let's just let's just enjoy some wrestling. Agreed, agreed, totally. And on a personal note, I'm gonna say I'm glad they're doing EC3 things. I love him too, and my boy yeah. Shane Taylor, dog. I love Shane Taylor, Shane Taylor, Dev too. That's my guy. But yeah. Daryl, I think it's a good time for you to ask your question, man. Yeah, you know, a question I always asked, right? Because it, it, it's always interesting me to me, especially when you're when you're in the business like you are, and but you're also been a fan of the business, sure. and you're and you're you know you're starting off either through training or when you're actually you know working now in Ring of Honor, and you're lacing up those boots and you're sitting next to a certain person, and you go, oh my god, I can't believe I'm next to this guy. Have you ever had that? What's that mark out moment for you where do you reach some point in your career and you're like, I cannot believe I'm next to him or her um yeah well when i was before i even got to ring of honor i did a show for uh big time wrestling and the main event which i was fortunate enough to do was sabu versus rob van dam i watching the ecw dvds uh i yeah i mean it doesn't get much more hardcore than that and um i i 
didn't really sit with them to go over to the match. They came out um, and I, I figured it was just a regular match, but Sabu uh, uh, in, implemented chairs and everything. And I was like, I'm not going to disqualify these guys. So I'm just going to kind of let them do their thing. Hey, let's get back in the ring. It's got to be entered. So like much like the East old ECW style, you know, I wasn't going to count them out or anything, just encourage them. Hey, the match needs to be won in the, in the ring. So um, at the end of the match, Rob Van Dam hit a five-star frog splash. And I kind of was just like, Oh, I guess this is it because I mean, I, I knew that that was, you know, his finishing move, but didn't know anything else. So that one was, um, took me a lot not to, um, quote unquote, mark, mark out, but yeah, just, um, I mean, I mean, even like just being there with Jay Lethal, I mean, I went to a bunch of house shows when he was wrestling for, for TNA. Um, so to see where he's come, uh, and, and I mean, when he started with Ring of Honor, when he was like 19 years old, I mean, he's been in the business a long time, just, you know, little things like that is, is, is pretty cool. Um, you, you had mentioned, uh, EC3. I mean, he's wrestled all over for, for, you know, the top, uh, top names. So it, it's pretty cool that, uh, I was able to do a, a tag match that, that incorporated him. Um, and yeah, there's, there's a lot of times when, when I want to, you know, Hey, how's it going? But um, I, I try to think of it as my job, you know, my, my, my shoe job when I'm not refing, you know, I don't go up to my coworker and say, Hey, can we take a picture? Or, hey, can we do this? I, um, to me, I think that would be kind of weird and I'd probably get HR called on me. So uh, <laughs> I, I try, I try to approach, I try to approach it that way. And, and uh, I'm not, I've never really been one. So, Hey, you know, would you mind taking a picture or something like that? Uh, it, it, I know there's a lot of people who do that. If that's your prerogative, go for it. Uh, you know, uh, but yeah, to me, it's just, uh, I, I want to be their equal while their stardom's up here. And I may be low man on the total pool. Uh, when, when I see it in the locker room, we're, we're both there to do a job. So I, I try to see myself as that, um, it's strictly business and you know afterwards you know go out you know grab some pizza whatever you know that's cool then we then we can be um uh, a little bit more relaxed as far as the relationship goes but um, to me it's strictly business and i try to absolutely uh keep myself and, and present myself in that way um and and, and but yeah it's 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 hard it it, it definitely can it definitely can be especially with the, the blast from the past come uh come by and again you watched Coliseum videos on, uh, on these people or, or had seen, you know, seen them wrestle, you know, in at WrestleMania or something like that. It's, it's, it's pretty surreal to, um, to be in a locker room with them. That's for sure. Yeah. I could, I can imagine, man, like I said, and if you guys, once again, if you haven't, make sure you go back and watch all the ROH stuff I'm talking about from day one to right now, if there was a name, he came through him or her has came through uh ring of honor. But with that being said, we got to look towards the future. Yeah. So looking towards the future right now, and if they have been underneath the rock, I want you to really tell the people who they should be looking out for ring of honor. What you guys coming up, got coming up towards the end of 2021 and beyond. Talk to me, man. Yeah. Uh, so with that being said, um, there's a gentleman named uh, Dak Draper, the Mile High Magnum. Uh, he's making his way through the pure uh, division right now. I have no doubt in my mind that he will be champion. Um, if not by the end of this year, early next year, um, six foot five. I'm not even going to try to guess his weight. Uh, just a mountain of a man, pun intended. Uh, just an incredible, credible athlete. Um, with the, the ego of an athlete. So if you love to hate somebody, I'd recommend uh, checking out Dak Draper, uh, Brian Johnson, the Mecca. Uh, if, man, there's nobody in the world that you want hitting the mouth more than the Mecca Brian Johnson. He runs his mouth on Twitter. He runs his mouth when he's on commentary, runs his mouth when he's in the ring. He's I, trying to hold that gentleman back is um, – Extremely. I, I get blown up trying to hold him back uh, because of what he does. So um, he's another person I'd say, watch out. Um, inside uh, Ring of Honor, I mean, Shane Taylor. I mean, him and uh, SOS, they just, they just uh, captured the uh, the six-man not too long ago, and they're actually going to be defending those against the Mexico squad at the 19th anniversary show. They two completely different styles. I mean, you have Lucha Libre, high-flying, and then you got hard-hitting – Shane Taylor promotion. He's rocked so many guys. 
Um, I my head hurts after refing his matches because of how hard uh, he hits some of his opponents. Uh, and just hard working dude, um, and and uh, definitely going to be doing some good things here uh, coming up uh, coming up in the future. Some other people, uh, maybe on independence that I'd like to see in Ring of Honor would include uh, Lee Moriarty, uh, the Apex of Combat. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with him, but imagine like uh, Jonathan Gresham, Zack Sabre Jr. If they maybe had a baby, it would be Lee Moriarty. Uh, but he realistically, I mean, he he's backed by uh, Alex Shelley of the Motor City Machine Guns on, uh, on Twitter. So um, there's a lot of people high up in the wrestling business who's high on this guy and so i would definitely check out uh, lee moriarty for sure um tag team my boys from from pittsburgh the main event duke davis and gannon jones jr both six foot five 250 pounds duke actually cut to 224 looks incredible uh, just fantastic tag team they have no they've done battle with shane taylor promotions sos uh down in maryland a couple different times they had a great match with uh the Tate twins of uh, formerly of, of Ring of Honor, Dalton Castle's boys. They had a, a real banger of a match. And I believe they're also facing uh, Ace Austin from Impact. And uh, I can't remember his uh, his tag team partner, but they have that coming up as well. So uh, they're making a name for themselves too. And I'd love to see um, both of those guys and including Lee, all three of them, uh, get an opportunity with uh, with Ring of Honor. So uh I know we're still in the the, the COVID uh, coming kind of coming down off this, but I'm hoping that you know maybe fans by the end of uh, uh, maybe by the end of 2021 would love to see some fans maybe a final battle. Uh, if not, then then hopefully maybe by the 20th anniversary show come next year, that would just be absolutely awesome. Now we also have another segment here, okay. and this segment is called "Book Yourself." Now we know you're a premier referee. But if you can book yourself anywhere in a professional wrestling, take out the fact that you're a referee right now, book yourself anywhere to want a professional wrestling, where would you book yourself to be the most effective or just the most fun for you? Uh, so my dream match, and I've mentioned this on, on a couple other podcasts, would be uh, in a match with Dalton Castle versus Hangman Adam Page for the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania. And um, the only only reason, I, one, I'm a big fan of, of Adam Page when he was here in, in, in ROH. And I love what he's kind of uh, the character he's kind of come in with kind of the, the, the modern day cowboy um, likes to throw back a little bit of whiskey and everything. Absolutely love um, watching Adam Page and seeing him succeed. Dalton Castle, been a fan of him since I, I saw him, you know, for, for IWC in Pittsburgh. Just and, and I imagine those entrances on maybe, you know, a, a stage such as, uh, you know, such as WrestleMania, you know, you got Adam Cole coming out on a white stallion, something like that, uh, you know, saddlebags full of money, whatever have you. And then Dalton Castle with all his boys and the streamers and the flamboyant colors, just something really cool. And, um, and I say intercontinental title. Uh, and I know I've mentioned that with like Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, but that was just always my favorite title growing up. Uh, to me, it was always, uh, the person who was the, was always the best wrestler may not have been, you know, your Hulk Hogan, uh, your ultimate warriors, you know, the guys who drew the money. But to me, the intercontinental title was for the wrestlers with the, uh, maybe the best wrestler you're Sean, Like I said, you're Shawn Michaels, Mr. Perfect honky tonk, um, uh, Jeff Jarrett, so on and so forth. So, uh, that title just kind of always has a soft spot in my heart, but, uh, I don't know. I, I just feel like that, that would be my, my ultimate, I guess dream match, but um, just uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't really dwell too too much on on uh, would I be more effective here here. Uh, my my goal in, in life is being able to support my wife uh, with with uh, refing full time one day. That's with Ring of Honor, fantastic. That's with another promotion, uh, fantastic. But uh, as it sits right now, I, I am absolutely humbled to even be a part of a, a main roster anywhere and um just uh, extremely blessed to to be able to call the matches that i've been able to call and and now, and now we've seen wrestler versus manager matches a wrestler a, sorry referee versus manager matches a referee versus referee if the time came and, and things got out of hand and they, they, they laid hands on you 
would you be ready to put on the tights and, and, um, and defend your honor? Yes, I, I've actually, I had, um, so I, I said I had trained to wrestle. I actually had one uh, professional match. Uh, we did a, sh uh, a show at my college and it was a six man title match. I got the team actually with uh, Joaquin Wild. Uh, he was known as uh, Zima Ion at the time. And uh, John Bolin, who I believe also had a, a stint in, in Impact Wrestling. So those are my tag team partners. And we faced the, uh, the, the founding fathers, Jimmy Vegas, John McChesney, and uh, uh, Dennis Gregory. So, so that was pretty cool. Uh, we ended up uh, winning the match. So that was fantastic. Um, yeah, I definitely get the itch every now and then to wrestle. Uh, my body probably thanks me that I'm not doing that, but, uh, if, if, if need be, if, if, if the time came where I would need to, uh, uh, trade in the stripes for the tights one more time, I, I think I would, uh, psych myself up enough to do it. That's for sure. Man, I gotta ask you, cause you mentioned it a couple of times. Be honest. You got a replica IC title with the crib, don't you? Just kind of like Allen Iverson will be like a play for the Sixers, but he wore a Lakers jersey because he liked Kobe as a throwback. You got one at the crib, don't you? Tell the truth. I, I do. It's hey, uh, I it. it, it's not it's not it's not the uh, the the eight pound or seven pound one. It was one of the the replica one, not the foam, but it still had the snaps and everything, okay. and it does it had the WWF. But yeah, um, I think I was fifth grade uh, when my dad got that for me for Christmas. Um, yeah, let, I, like I said, it's just. And it's and it's the um, not not the old uh, white strap or anything, but the one that like uh, Chris Jericho had in kind of like the Attitude uh, Ruthless Aggression era. That's kind of like the the oval shape. Oh uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. If you want it, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, putting on the tights. I throw hey. it out right now. If you want it, you come get it. We want it, baby. We want it, baby. That's unbelievable. The timing on that could not have been more perfect. And, and, and I'll go on and say, this, none of this was planned, anything like that. that was straight, um, uh, straight improv right there. And that's um, cheers to you for pulling that one out. Hey, fans, the people listen to the audio, they can't see the video. Daryl just brought out the IC title. We challenge Joe right here, right now. Oh, man. That's incredible. <laughs> With that being said, Daryl, you got anything else for? Because we can't keep the man all night. <laughs> we already challenged the man, so we you got to tell him. No, no, it's it, no, uh, you know, great show, great guest as always. You know, for me, you know, and I've talked about this before. Managers, all of those uh, other pieces that come into a match is so critical, and I think the referee is just as important. You don't always think about the referee when you think about the greatest matches in the history of wrestling, but that's important because the, they are not in the way, but they're making sure that flow happens and things occur when they need to occur and they're playing key roles. And those talk about Ricky Steamboat and, and you talk about uh, Randy Savage, you know, what, 30, 40 near falls. I mean, the referee is all over the place, jumping all over these guys, you know, trying to make that look as believable as possible. So there's a key, key role. So we you know, so much appreciate, you know, what you brought to the table. Appreciate it. You said you said it to a T. I'm not even going to say anything. What you said is spot on. Absolutely spot on. Now, I know you said it before, but I want you to really hit them again right here, right now. Normally, we do something called ring the bell. Is That's when I ask you to talk about anything. You can talk about uh, you can promote yourself. You can inspire people, anything. Now, we're going to do that. But before we do that, I want you right now to tell people why they should watch Ring of Honor if they haven't before. Sure. So uh, as I had mentioned earlier on, Ring of Honor is uh, definitely one of its own kind of, uh, of wrestling. Uh, and especially right now, there's no, no crowd. Uh, we don't pipe in any kind of noise. So what you have is organic. It almost has uh, kind of like a UFC type fight to it, especially the pure rules matches. Uh, because with the pure rule matches, as I had mentioned, uh, there, there's additional rules that would go on that you might not see anywhere else. Uh, each wrestler has three rope breaks uh, that they can use throughout the match. If they exhaust all of those rope breaks, uh, they can be pinned or submitted inside the ropes, which we have seen, which is kind of different than other promotions. Um, they've also started doing uh, tag pure matches, which we had talked about. So you're not going to see any of the blind tag on the shoulder. If you want to tag in a pure match, not only do you have to hold the rope on the outside, the hand has to be extended over the top rope and it has to be hand on hand contact for the tag 
uh, to, to occur. And again, if you break up the pinfall or, or submission during the match, you lose a rope break. If you don't have any rope breaks and you break it up, uh, you know, then, then you end up losing the match. Uh, the title can uh, change hands uh, on a, uh, a disqualification or a count out. There's a 20 count on the outside, which is a little different than uh, maybe some other promotions doing a 10 count. Um, but again, the, just the athletes, they, 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 we talked about the, the hard hitting, the, the impact that they, that they make with each other um, is just, uh, just incredible. And every Monday uh, at around 6.55, you can actually do a, a watch along party and hashtag watch ROH and do that Monday nights. Uh, we usually start watching uh, at uh, seven o'clock. There's a link uh, that Ring of Honor tweets out and you can follow along, tweet along with your favorite superstars. Uh, so if you don't like what um, Flip Gordon did in his match, you can tweet at Flip Gordon, or you can tweet at, uh, you know, Shane Taylor and let him know that he had a really good match, whatever the case may be. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool that the interaction uh, between the wrestlers and the fans uh, on, on social media uh, happens every, every Monday. So um, yeah, get out there and watch. If you're not sure uh, how to watch Ring of Honor, go to rohwrestling.com and uh, you can type in your zip code and it'll show you when Ring of Honor airs and what time, what channel. And uh, you can also get the uh, the network for nine ninety nine pay per views everything like that are included with that so uh, yeah pretty sweet deal so go out check it out again that's rohwrestling.com y'all heard it rohwrestling.com you got to watch along you can see all the great stuff well like I just mentioned before I do want you to ring the bell but I wanted you to put over ring of honor one more time but I want you because you are a great Man, I want you to just say something else to the people. You got 60 seconds. Like I said, you can inspire people. You can promote again, whatever you want to do. Talk about what you ate yesterday in the bubble. I don't mind. Whatever you want to talk about. But you got 60 seconds. Go ahead and ring the bell. All right. So referee Joe Manick here for Ring of Honor. If you want to check out Ring of Honor, again, rohwrestling.com. Uh, as I had alluded to earlier, um, the world, especially in the state that we're in, it's not always positive. Uh, so what I recommend is put the phone down uh, unless you're going to pick it up to call someone, tell someone that you love them, text them. Uh, again, we this thing called wrestling, we, we love it. It's an escape from reality. And there's a lot of drama in, in, in and of the world itself. We don't need that. So uh, just be good to each other. I always try to leave that as my final thing on, on a podcast or something. Uh, if you're dealing with mental uh, uh doubts anything like that or, or not in a good place mentally my social media door is always open at ref joe mandak uh social uh twitter instagram facebook uh joseph mandak the third feel free to shoot me a message i may not get back to you right away but please shoot me a message again just be good to each other i mean it What's up? man thank you very much man we had a great time with you man daryl another okay. great show dog another great show man I, this has been the best season ever i'm glad i made it back uh, here for this one. I didn't want to miss this one. So, man, it's awesome, awesome. And thank you so much, Joseph, for joining the show. No, this has been, honestly, this is one of the most fun I've had doing a podcast. You gentlemen were absolutely professional the entire time. I love that we were able to touch kind of all different areas of wrestling. I mean, that, that's what I love. Just just talk about wrestling. Yes, you want to promote this and this, but um, in time, it's just, you know, people from around the world, like you said, Michigan, I'm from Pittsburgh. So, um, you know, it, it's nice to just be able to talk about wrestling. Um, and, and, and I appreciate your time uh, today. I really sincerely do. Thank you so much for having me on. For sure, for sure. And hang on with us one second before we close out. But Daryl, like I said, it's been a great show, man. We do this each and every week, man. So you guys, make sure you check us out each and every Friday. We debut a new episode. If you haven't already, go back and watch the past episodes. We're on Anchor, Apple, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube, wherever. If you can put in a podcast, if you watch or listen to podcasts, all you got to do is put in the web show, subscribe, and follow. But we're going to get out of here. Make sure you check us out next week. I am Deshaun Whip Dog Whipple and Devastating Daryl Pace. And we had the man Joseph Maddock representing Ring of Honor. We will see you next week on the Wrestling Heroes and Insiders Podcast, a.k.a. The Whip Show. Take care, y'all.